make your dog calm down. He hates when the neighbors walk outside. He barks and he makes them want to hide. Calm down, Mickey dog. Oh, won't you calm down, Mickey dog? So Mickey the Chihuahua is, uh, he was barking, but he seems to have calmed down with my soothing song. All right, Garrett Anderson, live at you for Monday, October 22nd. It has been a minute, as the kids say. It's been a hot minute since I've gotten to do one of these, uh, just solo. Um, but uh, so there's there's a lot to catch up on. Let's let's dive right in, shall we? Um, this is the pumpkin themed podcast. Since it's October and everything must be pumpkin spiced, this is the pumpkin spiced live at you. Um, okay, so I get to travel to Maryland um, on Wednesday. Um, probably shouldn't say that out loud. Now, now the thieves that listen to the live at you are going to be like, let's go to his house and rob him. Well, guess what, suckers? I didn't tell you if my whole family was going. Maybe I'll leave my six-year-old here to defend the house. Or maybe my dogs will be here because the dog sitter is just coming in and checking on the dogs. I don't know. It's your, it's your, your call to make. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, let's, uh, let's say, uh, for the sake of the podcast, maybe, maybe Wednesday I was just using a, a hypothetical example so that uh, you don't actually know my schedule. It's like when people post on Facebook, they're like, I'm so excited to be in Aruba. I was thinking Bahamas and then Aruba at the same time, and I said Baruba. Um, it's like, oh, great, cool. Yeah, just tell everyone that you're not home. But I, I think for the most part, people are good. There's more good people than there are bad people. What if there was like a piece of software that would scour social media and, and then tell thieves like who's out of town, you know? They could buy a little app that aggregates a, a bunch of feeds and uses some sort of computer artificial intelligence to determine which neighborhoods are gone. Like the sticky bandits in Home Alone, instead of having to drive around in your creepy van and pretend to be plumbers or whatever, um, they could just use that app and show up and be like, oh, yeah, for, for sure, these people are out of town. Let's break in and rob their stuff. I don't know. It'd be so much effort to be a crook. All that, all that hustle and trouble. Is this metronome on? Hold on. Okay, just had to make sure that that metronome wasn't ticking. Tick, tock, tick, tock the whole time. So, uh, so yeah, my little sister's getting married. And uh, this was like two weeks ago. I was having like some sort of Sunday evening dinner. You know, had a nice weekend with my family. Um, and I had taken a few days, uh, a few days off of, of having cocktails. Um, just I was watching my weight a little bit. I want to look nice in my suit uh, for the wedding. And, uh, and also just make sure to kind of like get back to, to a nice base level of non-dependence on chemicals, um, uh, you know, altered mind altering substances. It's good to take a break from those once in a while. Um, so I had been like sober, you know, stone cold sober for a couple of days. Um, it's funny that that sounds like an accomplishment for a few days. Um, but, uh, uh, so Sunday evening, I'm like cooking up some steak on the grill. I've got these instant mashed potatoes that we're whipping up, uh, grilling up some veggies and stuff. And, uh, I, I have a little glass of wine. I'm like, I'm going to have some red wine with, with the steak dinner tonight. You know, nothing crazy, but something to sip on while I'm cooking. And, and then, uh, you know, it pairs, it pairs nicely with the, with the steak. Um, so, and like I said, we had just had a nice family weekend and my girls are growing like weeds and time is flying by. So um, I'm sitting there and, and then I, the thought pops into my head about my little sister getting married and what that must feel like to my dad. And, uh, you know, every wedding I've ever been to, the daddy-daughter dance always gets me. 
I'm always like, oh no, like now that I'm a dad of daughters, I'm like, oh gee, like my throat, I just get that lump in my throat. Um, oh, something must have gotten in my eye. Um, and I like, I I almost get weepy um, at those moments. So I'm I'm standing in my kitchen. I had a couple sips of my wine, and you know we were hungry. I think we we maybe went for a family hike that day. So I, I had like worked up an appetite. It had been a few hours since I had lunch. So those first couple sips of wine, and after you know taking a couple of days off of drinking, I was like I was feeling it. I was like, oh man, this is this feels nice. And my face probably got a little flush and red. And I'm sitting there stirring my 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 instant mashed potatoes. And uh, I just get overwhelmed with emotion about my daughters and the passage of time. And I like, I like time traveled in my mind, in like my soul, in like a cosmic dimension. Time traveled to this moment of, of dancing with, uh, with my daughter at her wedding and and having to give her off to a, to hopefully a a nice uh, young man or, or lady. I I don't know. Um, And, um, and I get, uh, I just get overwhelmed with emotion to the point where I was like, <laughs> like, you know, ugly crying while I'm stirring the mashed potatoes. And, uh, and then I kind of made myself laugh a little bit. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, if my tears get into these mashed potatoes, that'll be the secret ingredient. You know, my wife, like she has a nice bite of steak and a sip of wine and then a little bite of potatoes. And she's like, these potatoes taste a little sad what's wrong with these? I'll be like, Oh, it's cause I was weeping into the mashed potatoes thinking about our girls growing up and the passage of time like that. That just always, if it just always makes me feel melancholy to just be like, Oh my gosh, life is flying by and we can never grab any single moment. It's just like each moment is like, yeah, okay, here it is. And there it goes. Hope you enjoyed it. Like it's gone forever. So I'm like, Oh my God. I, so I'm thinking about my sister getting married and everyone's getting older and my parents are getting older. Uh, and you know, my daughters are growing up and it's all lovely and it's all part of the circle of life. So I know all that, you know, in, I know that that's the scoop, but I just like, I let myself get really emotional and it felt good. I was like just enjoying crying and just my, my tears are just pouring out of my eyes. Like it was one of those like man cries where, you know, you, you bury it down for as long as you can. And you're, you're very proud of how tough you are in the face of adversity and waking up every day and going, you know, doing the thing and, you know, keeping it together. Uh, one day at a time, and then and then that one time where you're you're in the shower or you're you're cooking up some mashed potatoes or you're in the car. Sometimes this will happen to me if a particularly good song comes on in the car with like that little, you know, that major minor melodic, you know, beautiful tone, you know, just hits you in the right spot. And uh, you know, I was, I was just crying. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm having like this moment of clarity when it comes to these emotions around this. And, um, I was like, maybe there's like a lyric idea in here. So I, I finish up kind of doing what I'm doing with dinner and, and, you know, the meat is resting for a couple minutes. And I was like, let me go see if I can write some words down. So I go into the, the little home office and sit down at my computer and I start writing out some, uh, some ideas for, you know, this song where yeah, this is kind of how I deal with, with my, my emotions is I, I, well, how would I, how would I put that into a song? 
So I was thinking like, you know, that, that daddy daughter dance moment, like there's gotta be a cool, a cool, like not cliche, not too tug on the heartstrings way of, of delivering a song around that concept that, that would be very genuine from, from my perspective. And I get like a line and a half into this thing and it is just amplifying the melancholy weepiness. And I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, that like you're almost laughing and you're like kind of choking on your tears a little bit. And, um, and then the, the very funny thing was, um, you know, my wife was giving the girls a bath and, uh, they all wrap up the bath time. And then my wife comes out and she can't find me. And she's like, she's like, gee, what are you doing? Gee, where are you? And I was like, uh, I had to compose myself and I was like, I'm in, I'm in the office and I couldn't bring myself to tell her. Um, but I, I kind of gathered myself. I composed myself. I walked back into the kitchen and then she looks at me and I, I lose it again. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I was crying. She was like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I was like, because of daddy daughter dances. I just ugly cried. And we had this nice hug and I got to show my vulnerable side. And I'm sure she thought it was cute and somewhat pathetic. Um, and uh, I just looked at my girl and I was like, girls, come give me a hug. I need a hug. And they come over. They're like in these cute little kid robes after their bath. And their, you know, their hair is all nicely brushed. And they're sitting down to their chicken nuggets and honey dinner. And I was just like, oh, I just want to feel this moment for all that it is. And just hugged my kids. And it was this beautiful moment. Um, and uh, the dinner was really good. Uh, the, you know, the mashed potatoes were a little bit sad. But, um, but yeah, um, another quick sad update from the family. Our goldfish died. Goldie had a great life. She lived a few years. Um, we got her at... Um, Emma's uh, my older daughter's spring festival at her school one time and it was just one of those you know toss the ring on the bottle game and bring home a goldfish you know kind of a classic little piece of Americana and uh, yeah my impression is that for most families those goldfish last a couple weeks Uh, you know in our family the goldfish end up being pretty hardy and this goldfish lived for a few years and uh, the, the, the thing that sucks about it is, is I think the goldfish was pretty healthy. And then um, my daughter, my, my younger daughter, Bryn, poured in a bunch of food um, the night before. And I think this goldfish was so fucking dumb that it ate itself to death and it got all bloated. And uh, so the sad thing is, like, I saw it the next, you know, the next morning. I'm making my coffee starting the day and I see the goldfish doesn't look good. And I was like, oh, no. I go, I, I go get my wife and I was like, hon, Goldie's not going to make it. She's, she's going to die today. She's, she's not doing good. And, uh, I was like, do you want to tell the girls or not? And she was like, well, let's, let's not tell them yet. Cause we only had a few minutes to get out the door for school and we didn't want to have this big emotional, you know, issue. It's like, let's deal with it after the day. We didn't want them to be sad and, 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 you know, missing Goldie all day. Well, my wife goes into the kitchen. My kids are sitting down eating, you know, cereal or waffles or whatever for breakfast. And my wife looks at the goldfish. And my daughter, Emma, was looking at my wife when she looked at the goldfish. And then Emma looked at the goldfish and was like, what's wrong with Goldie? And then, and then we had to tell him, like, Goldie's not doing good. She's really sick. She's probably going to die. She was getting gray. She used to be this beautiful, gold, vibrant fish. Like, she didn't even have any, like, fin rot. Like, usually goldfish, their fins get a little 
you know, a little torn up or a little, a little frayed from what's called fin rot, I guess. Well, Goldie just looked so healthy. Um, but now she was like half gray and floating on her side and barely flicking her tail. And I, I had to tell the girls, I was like, girls, Goldie's going to die today. Also, it was like the rainiest day in Arizona's history that day. It started raining overnight and just rained all day long. Um, so it was this uncharacteristic rainy day. Uh, it was probably a Monday. The girls woke up and their goldfish is dying. So I was like, well, girls, you know that one of the nice things is that right now Goldie's still alive so she can hear you and she can feel your energy. So let's let's all have a moment for Goldie when we gathered around as a family and, um, you know, said a little prayer for Goldie. And I even reached into the bowl and gave her a little poke with my finger. And I was like, I just want her to feel my loving energy. Oh, my God, I sound like such a hippie. Um, I, I just want her to feel my loving energy and maybe that'll give her the strength to fight through it. And maybe she just needs to burp or have some massive shit and she'll feel better. Um, but I was like, girls, you know, it's not looking good. Goldie's probably going to die today. And, and, uh, you know, the, the way you bury goldfish is you flush them down the toilet and my kids are like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, well, that's that's kind of the way it goes. You, you flush your goldfish down the toilet. And I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. I, I imagine it's not. Um, but I was like, and she'll end up in the ocean and she'll become food for another fish. And my sweet uh, first grader, Bryn, goes, well, I don't want Goldie to end up in another fish's belly. And I was like, oh, God. And then my wife steps in. She's like, no, no, no we don't have to flush her down the toilet. We'll We'll give her a burial. And I was like, okay, 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 sounds good. You know, we can have a little burial for Goldie. Um, so we we all go off and have our own days. It was a, kind of a sad morning. The kids were crying the whole drive to school, and oh man, it was it was very sad. I later heard from my daughter's teacher that they had a moment of silence for Goldie that day um, because Emma was bummed out. And I get home first. And the, the fish is, you know, belly up in the water. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, she didn't make it. So so there's a dead fish sitting in uh, in our kitchen. Um, that was a cool fish, too. Like, she seemed to know what was going on. Like, whenever you walked over there, she was excited. Probably because, you know, most of her human interaction was just getting fed. So she got excited when people would come over. But, you know, she was a lively, spirited fish with a lot of personality. We, we do miss her. So I'm like, all right, well, here's your dad, dad duty, you know? So I, uh, I don't want the kids to come home and see this fish. And plus I, I'm trying to like, you know, I, I skipped lunch at work. I came home a little bit early cause I worked through lunch and I was like kind of hungry for a snack. I'm like fixing, fix, fixing myself like a tuna fish sandwich next to this dead goldfish. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on a second. I'm like losing my appetite for this tuna fish sandwich while I'm looking at this dead goldfish. So I'm like, I got to clean this thing up. Like, um, so I, I you know, I got to earn my dad points. And um, I actually did, you know, scoop the fish out and bring it into the backyard and dug a hole and threw the fish in there and, uh, you know, covered up the hole. And uh, it was, like I said, it was a rainy day, so the, the ground was all like moist and, and uh, soft. And I was like, oh, man, I really hope my dogs don't smell this and come over here and start, you know, digging Goldie up. And then next thing we know, the dogs are eating Goldie, and there's like, you know, that fish carcass on the ground. Uh, hey, Dad, look what we got. Yeah. I'd be like, no, bad dog. So luckily that didn't happen. But 
I buried Goldie in the backyard and then uh, I uh, cleaned out the bowl and then I put the bowl back on the counter and then the rest of the family got home and uh, the bowl was empty and I was like, you know, Goldie passed away, guys, I'm sorry. And uh, my wife was like, I can't look at this empty bowl. She had to move the bowl into the garage because it was too sad. I was ready to leave it there for a couple days as like a memorial, a little reminder I don't mind dwelling in sadness a little bit sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Goldie has, has passed on. Um, she was a good fish and had a good life. Um, and now she's decomposing in the backyard. Um, so I've played a couple gigs recently, <clears throat> uh, switching gears. And uh, the last gig I played at, at Amped Coffee House up in Anthem was uh, was pretty good. Before the gig, I had solicited some some upbeat songs to try to be more like dancey. Um, some you know so kind of break the show into three chunks. Kind of have the the early songs, the middle songs, and then some dance songs towards the end of the night for anybody that wants to you know keep it rowdy from like um, ten to eleven. I think I play from eight to eleven at that gig. And I had tried. I, I took some suggestions. One guy was telling me to, to check out um, ABBA and the Jackson 5 and Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I, I went on to Spotify, and I was spinning a bunch of their tunes. And what I found was just like the, the bass and drums is so crucial to, to those dancey grooves and, and the horn sections. And there's so much that keeps these songs lively and gives them all that energy and pizzazz. And makes them really dancey. And I, I tried to learn, you know, a couple of the chord progressions and stuff. And I was even learning that, like, Dancing queen, you're about to devil dance. You're only 17. Um, by ABBA. And yeah, it, it, I'm sure somebody out there does a great solo version of it where people could still dance. But for me, I was like, eh, this isn't quite, this isn't quite hitting me. Um, it started to feel like work, you know? So on the one hand, I'm, I'm excited to be soliciting suggestions and, and learning new tunes. And, you know, oftentimes they're, they're right on the nose, but, uh, but the dancey ones, it was, it was kind of tough. Um, Jackson five, I did learn the bass groove, um, to, uh, get you back, you know, down, like that i learned the bass groove and the, and the general chord progression of that um so obviously i i'm i'm no uh whatever he was five-year-old michael jackson what was he when he recorded those like eight years old um so I, you know, I was like, oh, damn it, this isn't really going to work either. Um, so it kind of swung and missed on those ones, but that's okay. Um, another buddy called me up um, later and was like, hey, what about Get Lucky by Daft Punk? And I was like, oh, yeah, great suggestion. I, d I already do that one, but uh, thank you for the reminder that it'll work perfectly in this slot, you know, where I'm looking to keep the, the energy up and I can kind of loop that, uh, loop that little bit. Um, so, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm playing Amped, uh, the last time I played there was a couple Fridays ago, and, um, I had a lot of experiences in one gig. I had highs and I had lows. Um, 
And in hindsight, what I realized is that I did some preparation, like I got myself a new guitar strap and a couple new harmonicas that I was missing um, to, to layer in some harmonica on some songs. Um, but I, I didn't take that like couple hours leading up to the gig to kind of map out what I was excited to play, refresh myself on any new covers I wanted to try. I just kind of like went through my lyric book and threw a bunch of lyrics in, in you know for the cover songs into a binder and then showed up and thought it was going to be fine. You know, I didn't go, I didn't like spend a, uh, an hour rehearsing with my looping pedal. So it had been literally like four weeks, you know, it had been since the last gig since I had used all my gear and my pedals and stuff. And, you know, I got a little, I was a little underprepared. Um, I, I would say that I got a little cocky, um, but I, I really, it didn't feel like that. I think I just got busy. Um, and I had to pick and choose how I was going to use my time. And I, I needed to get that guitar strap and some harmonicas. And that ended up being like the thing that I could do before the gig. So while I'm um, holding down a day job and, and, and being a family man and burying goldfish in the backyard, um, you know, there's only so many hours in the day to devote to music. And I think I just kind of bit off more than I could chew or, or just things had accumulated where I would need to attend to a few too many things uh, to be ready for that gig. And maybe I just need to be careful about prioritizing. You know, I probably could have used my old guitar strap one more time and, and gone for another gig without that harmonica in the key of G that sounds so good on the ranch song. You know, but, um, you know, so pick and choose, live and learn. But what that resulted in is a show where I didn't quite know what I was going to play. And... You know, a while back, I was going into almost every show without a set list, but I was still, you know, rehearsing and getting getting ready and having a general idea of what I was going to play. Uh, this time, I, I had I got myself into some corners, um, uncomfortable corners. So, you know, a bunch of songs went well. I was a little low energy too, so there was like a a physical component to this where I was already tired from a long week. I drive up. It's like a 40-minute drive. I drive up there, load up all my gear, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired still. Like, usually I can f summon and find some energy for gigs. But this one, I was like, oh, my God, I'm still really tired. And it's a coffee shop. So I say, hey, man, like, what would you recommend? Um, you know, because I, I want to maybe get a little caffeine in my system. I was like, and what we ended up doing was uh, an espresso with a little bit of cream on ice. And I, I uh, kind of took that you know, over the first uh, couple, couple minutes and in between songs, I would, I would have a couple sips and just kind of got that into my system. And then, uh, that kind of woke me up a little bit, but, um, also gave me a little bit of jitters maybe. Um, hold on. My computer just went to like a sleepy screen. I want to make sure this is still recording. Come on. Okay. That looks good. So I have this espresso drink. I'm, I'm singing and playing my songs, working in some covers and originals. And, and now I'm starting to get back in the flow. I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, and then I take a quick break and I, I have an Oktoberfest beer. <laughs> so between the uh, espresso and the beer, um, now I'm like, now I'm having a battle in my own mind and body about like, wait, are we waking up or are we going back down or getting getting loose and crazy? What's happening here? And whatever it was, it was kind of a gnarly combination between that and then starting off the second set with a couple songs that I was under rehearsed. I tried to do Werewolves of London and I started a loop for it. Uh, just that damp bam, bam, bam. Boom, 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 doo, 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 wah, boom, 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 boom,
I just wanted to get just that little bit looped and I kind of botched it. Like I didn't get the, you know, I didn't stomp on the loop pedal at just the right time so that it sounds really smooth. Um, so that was a, a little clunky and I was like, damn it. Like I, if I had practiced with my looper before this, I, I would have been way more confident in what I've, you know, chances are good. I would have executed that better. Um, so that's, that's clunky and I have to like escape out of the loop, but now I've felt like a ton of time has gone by and I, I haven't started singing yet. So then I just play it on guitar and start singing. I haven't memorized the lyrics, so I'm reading the lyrics off the sheet and it turns into this, you know, there's a lot of words in that song. Um, you know, little old lady got mutilated late last night is one of my favorite lyrics of any song. Um, but I haven't learned all the words to the whole song. So I'm reading off the lyric sheet. I'm playing this this groove that's a little difficult to play and sing at the same time. So it's requiring a lot of my attention. And I, I like don't look up at the audience for a little while. And then I get this feeling like, um, oh, oh sh- I, I screwed up the story. I have to back up. That was like the third song in the second set. Okay, here's another lesson that I learned is sometimes you even though you're excited to have the crowd in the palm of your hand, you need to hold some of your heavy hitters for later in the night. So back up. Okay. So I have my espresso and my, 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 then I take a set break and I have a beer while I'm having a beer. I go over and talk to these ladies that had asked me to, to wish their friend happy birthday. I'm just schmoozing a little bit. I wanted to give them a CD. I said, happy birthday. This one's on me. And uh, the lady had asked for my card. So I gave her my card. And uh, she goes, the, the lady whose birthday it is, is like, do you know Don McLean's American Pie? Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. That one, right? Great sing-along. Never learned it. I don't know how to play it. And I wasn't about to try to learn it uh, right there on the spot. Um, so I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't know that one. Uh, but, you know, maybe something like, uh, maybe something like Sweet Caroline? By, by Neil Diamond, and she's like, yeah, sure, that'd be great, thank you so much, so I was like, all right, cool, I'll do, I'll do Sweet Caroline for her, um, and then her friend chimes in, is like, do you know any John Denver, he's got some good, good songs for, like, coffee houses, too, and I was like, you know what, I've only, I've just recently learned Take Me Home Country Roads, maybe we could do that one, too, and so I start my second set, um, and I'm like, I don't want to forget that, th- that I promised these ladies some songs. So I start my second set with Sweet Caroline. And uh, it's got that goofy little, that little riff in the beginning. When it began, I can't begin to know when, right? Um, and it just cracks me up how much people love hearing this song. And it's got that nice, you know, crowd dynamic of, ba, 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 you know, the, the crowd does the horn section and it's this great engaging tune. Everybody's having a good time. And I'm like, yeah, I'm rocking it up here. You know, took my break and then came back up with sweet Caroline and I've got the crowd in the palm of my hand and then we wrap that one up and I, I get this nice applause. I'm feeling all good. Life is groovy. And, uh, and then I'm like, I'm just going to go straight into take me home country roads. And that's another great sing along. So everybody sings along. And then I tried to do my, uh, werewolves of London loop 
and stumbled on it. And I was like, oh, oh no. So like I had the crowd in the palm of my hand and then like the moment became, you know, bigger than I was ready for. I was like, shit, what do I play next? How do I like come down off of that? Because I've still got like an hour and a half left to play. So um, it was weird. It's like once I had the room's attention, it became this like very exciting but stressful moment of do I release the attention and then try to get it back later? Or do I do I try to find the next great, you know, great sing along or what? Um, And I, I was I thought I was excited to play Werewolves of London and then I go do it and it was just under rehearsed and a little clunky and it might have come off okay but in my head it was like it was a a little bit of a train wreck so I was like shit I finally got everyone to pay attention to me and then blow it you know And and I I have these negative self thoughts in my head as a performer, I'm like, okay, we can move on from this. Don't worry about it. Don't, like, and then I'm like, well, hold on. I want to, I want to pick the energy back up. I kind of stumbled on that one. Let's pick the energy back up. Take a deep breath, and I am just dripping sweat. My physiology is stressed out, and I'm like reacting to the tension that I'm having. Um, like I said, I was reading all those lyrics, so I hadn't like lifted my eyes up to the the broader room I lost sense of if the crowd was feeling it or not you know I almost wanted to quit the song a verse into it and just go ah sorry guys I'm just not feeling that one maybe I should have done that in in my most honest performer self maybe that's an acceptable thing to do um and then just take a deep breath and and just hit the reset button and figure out what to play next but i just was in such a panic i I forced myself to finish the song and now sweat is just dripping off my forehead and my my shirt is soaked i'm like hot and cold at the same time i don't know if i'm describing like a panic attack like you know if if there's somebody out there that deals with like you know anxiety and, and and panic attacks like imagine having one on stage um Maybe maybe I'm underappreciating how devastatingly um, upsetting panic attacks, you know, a, a true one really is. But how how the how would anybody nobody knows what anybody else is feeling? What if one person's like you know ah like just kind of a oh that sucked to like brush it off moment is someone else's panic attack? Sometimes I've thought that maybe I have like super pain tolerance, and something has to really go wrong with me before I feel any pain and and then I'm like ow that really hurts but for someone else they'd be like oh it's excruciating oh god how can you live with this um so, you know the 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 subjectivity and and of perception I guess is what I'm talking about here so I'm up there and I'm having whatever you could call it a mini panic attack or just I'm having anxiety in the moment I'm beating myself up. I don't feel like I'm putting on a good show anymore. And then I, uh, I'm like, all right, what are we gonna do? To how are we gonna get the train back on the tracks? It's like, all right. So here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll start playing the groove to uh, Sofa Salsa. That was a really, really fun song to play last time. Well, Sofa Salsa is a groove where I play a little, a little A minor, uh, E seven kind of thing, and get this Spanish flavor to it. Um, for any music nerds out there, I just lied a little bit because I've I've tuned my guitar down by a step. So the same chord shape that's an A minor and an E7 for me is now a G minor and a D7. So uh, for the sake of accuracy, just uh, wanted to throw that out there. 
So I get that little loop going and then I play some lead guitar and it's got this kind of Santana inspired Latin. Like that kind of thing, right? And at first uh, it, it kind of worked. Like I heard somebody go like, yeah, like woo. But uh, the issue for me was I hadn't played much lead guitar up until that moment. And my tone wasn't quite dialed in. My fingers weren't quite as fast as I expected them to be. It was just a little clunky. And for me, it was a struggle, right? I could feel myself. I was like, ooh, there's times where I'm super inspired and everything is just flowing. And my fingers are as fast as I can think up a riff. I can go find it with my fingers. And then there's other times where I'm just like, oh, why, why aren't I better? And so for a good, you know, between Werewolves of London and Sofa Salsa, I tried. I did my best. I got this layered groove going and I went on some adventure with the song. And it might have been cool. Maybe if I listened back on it, if I had some sort of recording of it, I would have been like, oh, wow, that was really neat. I'm really glad I persisted through my discomfort and found this musical moment. But I have no idea. Um, I have no idea how it went. I, I, I just started feeling like, oh, my God, this has been going on for a long time. I'm not playing all that interesting of guitar leads. Um, please, you know, I need to save myself from this moment now. Um, and, uh, and I finished the song and I like take a deep breath and I'm like, all right, thanks for going on that journey with me. And then I was really hard on myself and I was just like, oh my God, I got to get the show back on the rails. And I flipped through my lyric book and then it just becomes a karaoke night of trying to find whatever song is going to get us back to that beautiful high moment of starting the set off with Sweet Caroline. And I was like, oh, that, that was a little bit of a bummer. Um, and again, I had good moments in the second, second half too, you know, the second set, um, you know, my fingers caught up and warmed up a little bit and overall pretty cool gig, but I really, I had that really dark moment while I was performing where I was like, you motherfucker, you should have prepared better. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is not the show that these people want to see from you. This is not the show that you want to put on for these people. Um, so, uh, it was, it was rough and I got really sweaty. Um, all the, all that being said though, at the end of the night, some, some kind soul had put a hundred dollar bill in my tip jar. So, uh, somebody liked something that I was doing. Um, so, uh, you know, it just goes to show, um, you know, the, the three hour gig at the pub is like, there's a lot of ins and outs to it and there can be ups and downs. And I don't know, next time I don't think I will have an espresso before I start performing. Um, I'll try to get some rest, try to be, try to be better rested and better prepared for the next gig. Um, and again, performers will relate to this, that we're our, our own worst critic or our own harshest, harsh, harshest, harshest critic. Um, and to a lot of other people just in the crowd, you know, they, they probably thought like, oh, that was an interesting show. <laughs> that was cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I had some takeaways from that. I came home and I was like, meh, got myself some Taco Bell on the way home. It's a little comfort food because I was like exhausted and hungry and didn't want to cook myself anything. It was like midnight. So I came home with those little taco Frisbees. I was like, I'll have some fire sauce and some hot sauce on those. I'll have two because I'm sure my wife will be up and she'll want a bite of one when I get home, um, which is exactly what happened. 
And I just, you know, opening these packets and pouring these hot sauce on, on my taco frisbees and eating them. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, I feel better now that I ate. <laughs> I was like, I feel better now that I got some food in my belly. And I know that I can learn something from this experience and, you know, come back. And I've got a gig booked there in early November and mid-November. So I've got two chances to redeem myself. Those will be the redemption gigs at, at Amped. So uh, watch out. I'm going to try to be nice and honed for those ones and be very excited. The other thing that was weird about um, trying to capture the crowd back was I didn't play very many originals in the second set. You know, I worked in a couple, um, but I was I was just, it was almost like um, like a fool's errand to try to find that next song that everybody in the crowd was going to know. Um, I might need to start making like a little list that I keep to myself of like, Ooh, this song, like almost everybody always knows and wants to sing along with, you know, and maybe I should learn Don McLean's American pie so we can all listen to that song for like nine minutes. Um, just start playing that song and then be like, okay, thank you. I've got wrap it up and be like, I've got two more. Uh, thank you for being here. That, that was an hour of Don McLean. Um, no. So Anyway, um, what else is going on? I, uh, me and my family have been watching The Voice. My girls are old enough now where we like watching that show together. And it's fun to have a show where the whole family kind of makes some time and sits down and we can talk about it afterwards. And Emma is just, you know, they, they've got really good personalities um, with uh, Adam Levine from Maroon 5. Blake, uh, Blake Shelton, the country guy, and Jennifer Hudson. Uh, who's one of my favorites, and Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Kelly Clarkson is, like, very funny, and her and Adam have this funny, like, almost brother-sister banter back and forth where they're constantly picking on each other. Um, and uh, the singers are amazing. I'm, re- I'm very humbled by all the great singers that go through and perform on The Voice. This is The Voice! Um, and... It's interesting in the blind auditions where the the judges sit before they turn their chairs around if they select a person to be on their team to later compete and try to win the voice. Um, song selection is so important because these vocalists need to sing something that's going to show their instrument off and and be passionate and you know maybe energetic or if their thing is like a totally other direction like you know really embrace that and go with a song that's going to highlight what it is that they're trying to do with their voice as an artist and it it gave me some pause uh every time we watch one of these things i want to go like practice singing and i'm like if i was on the the voice what would i sing like what would really capture my voice in a nice way um and yeah it's it's inspiring it's it's humbling and I think what I've come down to, I, I'm not like a Mariah Carey, Jennifer Hudson, um, Kelly Clarkson kind of like run fluttery voice. You know, that thing the lady singers do where they point out the nose. You know, when I do that, it feels goofy. Um, I don't feel very strong about that. Um, I have a couple go-to licks that kind of emerge out of how I write and how I feel find melodies and, and, and get words to work with melodies. I've stumbled into some neat little vocal runs and things that, that are natural to me, but I don't feel like I'm very fast at singing. Um, let me see how fast I can sing right now. Um, so let's, let's take an example of, uh, I don't know. 
Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved Like they, they want to hear all the high stuff And the, the big long runs And the judges are like Ooh, nice And then they hit their button and turn around um, I'm sure that sounded terrible um, Probably sounded like a cat getting run over by a car um, <laughs> um, but, uh, so what I, what I'm learning on this journey is, uh, to be comfortable with what I am and what I'm not. And if that's not the kind of singer I am, that's okay. But I shouldn't hold myself to some standard that I'll be able to perform every song, um, and, and make everything interesting. I have to do what it is I do. And make that the thing, make that interesting, and get that across. So the the connection there is that this gig where in the second set I was just flipping through trying to find the next song, you know, is everybody going to love Say It Ain't So by Weezer? Okay, maybe a couple of those kids liked it. Okay, so I'll say that's kind of hit or miss. Let's try uh, the, the Joker by Steve Miller Band, and then I'll play that. And then it's like, okay, a couple of those older people over there. Um... They like that one, but you know the the kids tuned out. Uh, and then the kids were yelling down. There's this group of kids that were up in the the second balcony area, and they were actually really cool. They were engaging, and but uh, they they were requesting stuff that I kind of knew. They were like, "Hey, can you play Free Fallen by Tom Petty?" I was like, "Ah, kind of. Like I'm familiar with the song, and I can kind of fake it on guitar." So I did that a little, and, and just because I started feeling like. A jukebox, you know, I, I started feeling like I want if somebody said, Hey, can you play this? I wanted to be able to do it. Um, I think I my intentions and my mission got a little bit askew. I forgot to be there on behalf of the Garrett Anderson originals that I've written. And like I was saying, you know, in comparison to these voice singers that can do incredible things with their voices. I'm there to do the thing that I do with my songs and with my voice. So, um, yeah, I just, and I think that was partly a function of the anxiety and, and partly a function of the espresso. So we'll see. I'm glad to, I appreciate you giving me some time right now to talk about this out loud so I can uh, make sure my intentions and my mission are, are better aligned going into the next gig. Um, I think I'm going to, really take some time and revisit all my originals and figure out the ones that like feel really right to play right now and uh and start kind of playing those with some more regularity and then maybe some folks will go hey i remember that one from last time that was really cool you know that i was able to sing along this time you know i think uh what this is one of those things that you just hear facts and you hey, science says that you need to hear something seven times before you'll remember it and I'm like, oh, is that true? I don't know. It sounds sounds believable. Um, I actually had a little bit of funny banter. I played <clears throat> Piano Man, and I was joking that uh, the kids that were up in the balcony, I was like, yeah, and these these kids were singing along too. I'm glad they knew the song. And I go, or or maybe it's just uh, the song's so repetitive that by the end of it, they got the idea, and they're like, yeah, yeah sing us a song, you know, the Piano Man. Yeah, we get it. Okay, we can sing along too. Awesome. So there's there's kind of two routes to go there, like have something that's so catchy and simple and, and repetitive that people know it by the end of the song, um, or, uh, you know, p 
play something kind of every time somebody's going to go see you they'll they'll get a at least a maybe an album's worth of originals that that I play every time then those will start becoming more familiar to them um I have so many songs and I I like playing a variety of music but uh there there might be something to you know becoming a little bit more repetitive you know still being adventurous and feeling out the song in the moment you know not necessarily performing it the exact same way every time keep a little bit of that uh, jam band jazz uh you know uh spur of the moment inspiration um to to the show um keep that essence in there but uh, but also work in something that that folks are gonna start to uh, recognize a little bit that would be good that would be good um so uh so yeah that's probably um plenty in terms of updates for now um like i said it'd been a while since i did one of these and it feels good it feels good to get some things off my chest uh if you have anything to get off your chest feel free to email me uh gandersonmusic at gmail.com or connect on facebook twitter instagram i i uh, don't think we should all be spending our time on those things um and spend just a little bit of time on those things uh but uh, go live your life uh, i gotta go live mine um oh yeah so one other thing from the gig it was like th- this kind of sums up that gig for me in terms of how i felt about it um at the start of the show um i was plugging in all my stuff and we got like five minutes until i'm supposed to play and we're gonna just do a quick sound check and there's this like eh, hum to the line before I even play a note or say or say anything into the microphone it just it sounded kind of like a grounding issue and I was like oh no is like something in my gear broken um again just a little underprepared usually the day before I go through and make sure I play my rig how I'm gonna play it the next day and make sure everything's working and I'm more familiar with my gear well, who knows what it could have been. And now we're troubleshooting, going back and forth. All right, let me unplug all this stuff. I'll plug my guitar just directly in here. We'll see how that goes. Okay, why aren't we getting anything? You should turn it up. Okay, it's up on the guitar. Okay, okay, now it's working. Okay, so we know it's not the guitar. That's good. Now plug it back in and we'll we'll process of elimination and figure it out. Well, okay, plug it back in. Go over here. Is it anything with this DI box here? Hold on. And I picked up the DI box and then it went like, like we heard a big like clunk. And then that noise went away. So maybe it was something with the connection uh, from a quarter-inch cable into the direct inbox, which goes into the mixer. So it kind of levels itself out, and then we can hear the guitar. I test the vocal. Everything's sounding better. So I'm like, okay, cool. But during all of that, like, shuffling around and testing my gear on my pedal board, I have this homemade pedal board that's made out of plywood, and I've been traveling around with it for years. It's like, it's pretty old now. Um, it's been pretty sturdy and pretty uh, reliable, but some of the spots of the plywood are flaking. And I, I bent down and was, was adjusting the plywood and a splinter went right into my right thumb, like right into my right thumb. And I was like, oh, sh-. like it, it like stung. It was, it was like a stabby sensation. Yeah. I'm sure I can have a much better tolerance for pain than than the average person when I'm like, ow, I got a splinter on my finger. Um, so I got this splinter on, in my thumb, and it it's still not healed. This was like two weeks ago. Um, 
or a week and a half ago. And, you know, truth be told, I don't think I got the whole splinter out. And then I was picking at it for like a day and a half trying to use tweezers. Like I literally wanted to like dig a knife into my thumb and try to get all the, all the, uh, the plywood splinter out of my thumb. My wife kept, kept yelling, Hey, stop picking at it. Just put some Neosporin on it and a bandaid and just try to forget it. And it, it was, I was just, it was impossible to forget. Cause I felt like, I was like, Oh, if I just pick at it a little more, I'll be able to like get whatever gunk down in there is out. So now I have this like gross looking black hole, um, at the tip of my right thumb. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I started the gig off was with a splinter from my pedal board. So in, um, in a reaction to this, right, I have to find a way to turn negativity into positivity. I was like, you know what, maybe that's a sign that this pedal board and these pedals and this rig has kind of run its due course. There's a couple things on here that, that don't make sense anymore for me. Um, and there's some great YouTube tutorials on how to home make your own pedal boards. So you're not spending a hundred bucks or 80 bucks or whatever on, on just basically a, a couple pieces of metal put together. Um, you can go to Ikea and get the shelf and there's all these tutorials on how to turn that shelf into a pretty reliable pedal board. Um, so I'm looking at it right now in my office. I've got the shelf and, um, if I have some downtime this evening, I'm going to run to home Depot and get some Velcro strips and, um, you know, kind of custom build myself a, a new pedal board. So I'm going to have a fresh pedal board after all this and, um, you know, just kind of hit the reset button, you know, use that experience of, of, anx- of anxiety and, and negativity and, and do something with it, uh, productive and positive. So, uh, that's what I'm going to try to do. Um, and uh, we'll check in on you guys later. Have a wonderful Halloween. I'm not going to be doing this for uh, at least another week and a half or so while I'm out of town. Ah, shit. I just told the thieves I'm back out of town again. I mean, hypothetically, if I was going to go out of town, um, I wouldn't be posting podcasts. But, um, but yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll do it again sometime when, when inspiration strikes. Um, in the meantime, I think I'm going to wrap this one up with October Air, uh, which is a song that I covered. It was written by a local Maryland band from back uh, when I was in like high school and college and hanging around the Maryland scene, this really good band called KB Drive. Uh, we had a, a friend that was a guitar player in that band. Um, they might even still be doing shows. Who knows? Um they crushed it. They're a good party band and they had some really cool originals too. And they had this uh, thumpy rockin' original called October Air. And I turned it into this uh, kind of soft uh, folky thing with some harmonicas and some layered vocals. And I really like how it turned out. Um, I don't know how old this is. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Do I have that? Um, I don't know. I posted it on Facebook. Let's see here. So I probably recorded that. I don't know like eight years ago, maybe. Um, but, uh, still sounds cool to me. There's, there's little spots in there. I was like, Hey, that was, that was pretty good recording. And I just like the vibe of the tune. And, uh, I always think of it every, every time October rolls around. So enjoy October air and, uh, catch you, uh, check in, catch you live at you later. Peace. We say, Just to save the saints So they say 
was it all worth the wait? Who's to blame for the break of day? It's best left unexplained. October air reminds me of what it was like we first found our love And certain songs remind me of your old soul your old soul gentle touch Oh. Uh-huh.